Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman, PK. How are you tonight? I am absolutely magnificent. It's a wow. day to be <laughs> It is. The weather is changing. We have cool evenings, pile under the blankets, which feels a nice change, and then you wear the T-shirts during the day. Crazy. Gosh, well, it is December 2nd, 2020, and it is starting to feel like winter in New England, I'm sorry to say. All those yeah, temperate, temperate days are gone, so we had snowflakes yes, today. It's starting to make take notice, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is indeed. And we've got a great show lined up for everybody tonight. Our guest is Constance Victoria Briggs. We're going to be talking about the mysteries of the moon, and there are a lot of them. But before we bring Constance on, PK, tell us what in the world's going on in the world today. <laughs> there I oh, am. Oh, well, firstly, <laughs> it's a seven universal month. And the main thing to know is we're still in that four year until December 31st. That four years got us by the backside. But this month, we're going to find that it's, there's going to be a lot of difficulty sleeping. We're going to be very restless. There's going to be more people complaining about waking up at all hours of the night, the dreams that they're having, the imaginations going crazy and taking hold. And it's a little bit of everything going on. And then the worst part of what's taking place is the imagination tends to, it's like somebody took an egg beater to it. It's just not working properly. So we're not quite sure of who, what to trust because of what's going on in the world. We'll just put it that way. And it's just, a time when people are really very skeptical about what they hear, what they see, how they feel. And like I said, lack of sleep is key to everything. But it is an excellent time if you want to take the time for any type of study, any type of uh, research. This is an excellent time to do it because we're going to find that we're going to be more into that than anything else. It's like if somebody says, hi, your first thought is going to be, hmm, I wonder what they mean by that. We're going to try to analyze everything. So if there's any legal, uh, legal things going on, the legalities will take second place. But just pay attention. It's kind of like having a candle you're going to light at both ends. You're going to hold on to the middle of it and see which side's going to burn the fastest, getting to know more or getting to be told more. A little bit of everything. So other than that, just take your time when you're out shopping and taking a look around. And I think we're all going to be doing the same thing. It's going to be order up for our shopping and such because it's just too difficult to get around these days. So we're going to have to be very patient with ourselves as well as others. 
So uh, what about the secrecy, PK? You mentioned that there's going to be a lot of secrets this month, both oh, yeah. coming out and also undercurrents of things. So tell us more about oh, that, because that's, that's, given what's happening. Well, the bottom line is the things that we've been told we're going to find out aren't true, and some of the things that we've thought were true we're going to find out were lies. And I guess that's the nicest way to put it. There's uh, People are very skeptical of everything ongoing right now. We don't know who or what to trust. That's the bottom line. X will right. say Y and Z, and Z is going to say X and Y. It's just not going to gel right now. We're just going to have to go through the motions. Hopefully when this month is over, we'll be given the answers that we need to have. It's like that piece of metal art that was in Utah in the middle of the desert or within the rocks that disappeared and now it's showing someplace else. Whatever we think is happening, it's not going to be what we think it is. So just, I'm going to say, ride the boat, hang on to the side, and take the waves, and you're going to be fine. Yeah, and also, you know, we were talking about offering some type of a focus for people during these tumultuous times, and you know, one of the most powerful people I ever met, when she was a child, she prayed every day to be given the truth. Mm-hmm. And it really opened up a lot of pathways in her life so that she was able to help other people just kind of break down their own barriers. Because, again, her prayer since she was five years old was, please show me the truth, mm-hmm. please show me the truth. And I think that's a great prayer and a great focus to have, to just let go of your own agenda let go of right. what you think you know and ask to be given the truth. So, well, I think the most know, important thing is we assume we know, and the end result is going to be, I think we'll be quite surprised with the end result, but prayer seems to be the greatest gift we have right now. And I can't stress enough how important it is for us to utilize that gift. Yes, and I think when you pray for that, when you pray for the truth and to be shown the truth or however you want to word it, you realign with source energy, with God, Mm -hmm. with your own soul's purpose, and things fall into place, and you have a level of serenity. When you're not aligned with the truth, you're going to be feeling a lot of anxiety. So that's one way to tell where you sit. So it's just a thought we wanted to, you know, both PK and I discussed this, wanted to share this with our audience tonight in terms of just settling in and, and letting that truth be shown to you, whatever it is. It may surprise you. Well, prayer <laughs> is the greatest gift we have. And shame on us if we don't use it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you mentioned the monolith since actually on our Facebook page there is an article about the monoliths that showed up, the first one in Utah and the second one in Romania. Now, right. that's a perfect example. I'm glad you brought that up of what you just were talking about, that we don't know where it is now because they're both gone. So they mm-hmm. showed up in Utah, and then there's a rumor that these guys put it in a wheelbarrow and took it away, but they won't say who they are. Uh, they have video footage of it, but they blurred out the faces of the people involved. And then this other one turns up in Romania, and they both looked exactly the same. It it was a very strange yeah. type of, of thing. So what they are and where they're really from, it could be anything. It could be a prank. It could be 
anything. But the fact well, like that it was said, out there's no tire tracks leading up to it. There's no. Yeah. It's just it's there. It's it was as there. If it's always been there. Right. That's the strange part. Right. So there is an article about it and some photos on our Facebook page. So make sure you visit that. There's lots of other great stories. Another old-time UFO story that you may not have heard of. So take a look at the Facebook page and make sure to like and follow us there, as well as on Twitter and on Parlay and MeWe. And, God, there's so many places we are right now. So just go ahead and follow us all over so we can keep you posted on what we're learning. Now, next week, I do want to let you all know that William Stickevers is coming back. Now, he was a great, great guest a few weeks back. He was talking about what's coming up with the election, with the world, with supply chain, with all of those things. And it was an explosive show, wouldn't you say, PK? It was a lot to think about. Certainly created a lot of explosions, that's for sure. (laughs) Yes. And he is a trends forecaster. And he is also trained in economics and politics. So he's very well versed in everything, and he's an astrologer. So it's an incredible combination of knowledge that he brings to us. And he's going to be coming back next week to check in, tell us what to expect, and also to talk specifically about the paranormal. Because one of the things he said was that the paranormal is going to just explode in popularity and that things were going to be visible that weren't visible before. So we're going to hear more about that next week. So don't miss it. Anyhow, so let's, let's go talk. our paranormal to what's really going to be considered normal. <laughs> Yay, finally. <laughs> we were there first. So, <laughs> so anyways, this is going to be a very interesting show, um, again, about secrets. And it comes from our moon. We still don't know everything that there is to know about the moon. Now, there are stories of ETs both above and underground. And a government remote viewer took a look and what he found. We're going to find out about that. Why haven't we been back to the moon? I mean, there's so many questions we have about all of this. Now, our guest is Constance Victoria Briggs. And she is going to reveal even more mysteries about the moon and some answers as well. And Constance is a metaphysical, spiritual, and cosmic researcher and writer. And she has authored the Encyclopedia of Angels, Encyclopedia of God, and the Encyclopedia of the Unseen World. And her newest book is Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. Now, Constance has also been a guest speaker on many other radio shows discussing the paranormal, extraterrestrials, life after death, near-death experiences, and many other topics. Now, Constance has a goal, and that is to investigate the mysteries of the universe and how they connect to humanity. So, Constance, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. It's a great book that you've written. It truly is an encyclopedia. Uh You put a tremendous amount of work into this. Why did you want to write about the moon? So I have to say that uh, this this book um, was absolutely a surprise and a labor of love for me. Um, You know, going in, I didn't know there were so many odd things about our moon. I had heard 
stories, many people have heard uh, theories of there being uh, something going on, structures on the moon. There's a lot of books that uh, have come out centering around uh, things found in photographs, but there's a lot more to it. And um, being uh, having my hand in supernatural and paranormal and, you know, all kinds of things all the time, things were going past my desk about the moon, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. And then finally, I came across a book uh, that was written by Don Wilson, uh, the author I've looked for. I can't find him. But he inspired this book. His book was titled Our Mysterious Spaceship Moon. And that book really opened my eyes to the fact that there is a lot going on with the moon that um, is out there. It's, uh, you know, documented some of these things. Some of them are legends and tales, but most of them I would say people haven't heard about. Um, And I wanted to find an easy way and kind of, you know, in an easy read too, to let people know that there's something going on. Uh, so I, I, I started collecting the stories and the theories and the tales, um, and it just it turned into this this little book. <laughs> well, quite it's an interesting book, for sure. Thank and you. <laughs> there's there's so much to take. This is a great Christmas gift too for anybody, by the way, because again we look at the moon every night. There's so little we really know about it, and there are so many rumors. For example, one of the rumors, and I know you mentioned this in your book, is that it's hollow. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, so how the moon being hollow is something that maybe uh, your audience have, has heard. I never know. I mean, I, I get a mixed audience. But um, the idea that the moon is hollow originally came from uh, – one of the uh, Apollo missions going up, Apollo 11, and um, the, uh, the, uh, the astronauts put up sites, um, well, equipment to uh, test the moon. I wanna, don't want to start using terminology people don't understand, but they wanted to test the moon and uh, they wanted to, you know, know what the science of the moon. Anyway, they, uh, on their way out, on their way back, um, at the end of their mission, they uh, sent a part of the lunar rover and crashed it into the moon. And uh, the story is that the moon rang. You've heard the expression, perhaps, the moon rang like a bell for mm-hmm. um, over an hour, and they couldn't account for it. And the scientists were were shocked about it, oh, just speechless. And, of course, they're saying, you know, it obviously shouldn't be reverberating if it's, you know, unless it's hollow. So uh, that was one of the tales that started the whole, and I'll get into this, the whole idea that the moon may be a spaceship, which sounds odd and bizarre, but when I explain it, it may not be so far-fetched, especially since we've already established that the moon may be hollow. Amazing. Yeah, tell us more about that. That, because we've heard this before, haven't we, PK? I think mm-hmm. we've heard it several times, that it is not what mm-hmm. we think it is. Exactly what you started talking about today, PK. You set the theme for for the night. So right. what, I was, We're going to find out what's underneath from? all that bright light. Yeah. What is that about, <laughs> yeah. that this could be a spaceship or some type of construct? Oh, 
excuse me. Okay, so let me just start, ladies, with the with the theory of um, the, the moon being a spaceship and the origin, uh, tying that in with the origin of the moon. So we, <clears throat> pardon me, we do not know specifically what the moon really is and where it came from. We do not know yet its origin, even though. Um, I believe, and I know there are some people that do not, that even though we went to the moon, you know, 12 men walked on the moon, six lunar missions, uh, you know, Apollo missions landed on the moon, we still can't tell uh, where the moon came from. We've got five main theories, you know, about it, the, uh, the capture theory that, uh, that the moon was captured in Earth's gravity and became, you know, that's how it became our satellite. Um, we had the... Uh, the uh, the, what do you call it? The, I'm sorry, I'm losing my thoughts here. There's five theories, and I get them a little confused. That's um, okay. Sometimes, anyway. <laughs> so That's there's right. the Croatian theory, the Cro- Croatian co-accretion theory. That one is the thought behind the uh, idea that the Earth and the Moon were created at the same time, uh, yet independently of each other, from a nebular cloud of dust, and the gas that coalesced over time became the Moon. Um, we have the Big Whack Theory, which is the idea that a uh, planet um, uh, smashed into Earth and then uh, the material from Earth, you know, flung out into space and, you know, eventually became our moon. There's the, also the double uh, Big Whack Theory, with same idea, except the Earth was hit twice. Um, the uh, most popular, oh, and then there's the uh, Fission Theory, uh, where the Earth uh, in its um, early stages was so soft, it was forming, but it was spinning, you know, so fast that, you know, it, it, it you know, threw off some of Earth's material and, and debris, and that eventually became the moon. So we have those theories. The most popular one is the capture, uh, the Big Bang, the Big Theory, uh, <laughs> the Big Whack Theory, where the um, moon was... Uh, crashed into by another planet and the debris went into space and formed the moon. That was the most prevalent one, but all have been, uh, you know, claimed by the scientists. Uh, They can't, they just cannot say where it came from and what it is. So with that Let me just stop you for one second because I'm just thinking about everything you're saying and the theories you're putting forth. I mean, the bottom line is the moon is round and it just doesn't, makes sense that this could have come from uh, something that exploded or crashed or something crashed into it because wouldn't we have a whole different organization of material here? Wouldn't we have something that's jagged? I mean, we have something that's completely round. Well, see, that was my question too, and, and I was told that, okay, when you have material that is, you know, forming, I'm not a scientist, but when you have it out there and it's forming, you know, it's, it's likely to turn into a sphere. And, um, but, you know, when you look at other moons, all of the, you know, other moons aren't just aren't spheres. We have a lot of moons in our solar system. Um, so I don't know. And we know. have a lot of meteors going, floating around and passing by, and they're not round. And they obviously came from some t- something that imploded or exploded. That's right. That's, I, I agree with you, but, you know, Unfortunately, I'm not a scientist, so I couldn't, you know, address that, you know, directly for people. Um, I just say, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a why, scientist why either, Constance, so I don't know. I'm just putting those thoughts out there for whatever they're yeah. worth. But, it, again, that's the first thing that came to me, you know, when you mm-hmm. talked about that other theory. So don't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. This is fascinating. Oh, okay. So there were uh, two uh, Russian scientists um, in the uh, 70s that wrote a paper about our moon being a spaceship. Um, once our Apollo astronauts finished their missions, they, you know, there was some data. And these scientists um, looked at the da- data and concluded the moon is not natural, it's a spaceship. And I have to tell you, this is my favorite uh, theory about the yeah. moon. You know, I, I really you know, find it the most interesting. So these guys, uh, they looked um, at the possibility of the moon being hollow. You know, uh, they they uh, looked into NASA's findings on that, and they looked at the um, the surface of the moon, and they said that the moon's surface is only two and a half miles thick, and it was weird because when a uh, meteor hits the moon, no matter the size, uh, there's always uh, an indentation. Uh, on the moon that is the same. It's always, you know, if it's, if it's heavier, uh, it should, you know, go deeper, obviously, but it doesn't. And so they, they looked at that and they said, well, you know, that's weird. Let's uh, look at the, not, you know, what is made of, some of the material that was studied. So they uh, looked at the dust of the moon, which primarily consists of uh, coronium, titanium, and zirconium. And they said that material, had to be devised to protect a giant artificial satellite uh, from the effects of temperature and radiation and um, meteor bombardment that the expert would probably have used these elements because they're very tough. And so they concluded um, that this, this moon of ours was something artificial that was made to uh, travel through space and stand the effects of, you know, high temperatures and, and all of this. Let me, um, if I may, let me uh, read you a quote from them. Yes, please. Um, the, their, their article was printed in Sputnik magazine, um, and they said, excuse me, they said, it is more likely that what we have here is a very ancient spaceship, the interior of which was filled with fuel for the engines, materials and appliances for repair work, navigation instruments, observation equipment, and all manner of machinery. In other words, everything necessary to enable it to serve as a Noah's Ark of intelligence, perhaps even as a home of a whole civilization envisaging a prolonged perhaps thousands of millions of years' existence and long wanderings through space. Now, these were two um, scientists, and, you know, you have to wonder, you know, why would they stake their reputations on something uh, that's really far-fetched? But they were pretty convinced from looking at the data, and it was, you know, it was, and when you look at the moon mysteries, when I, if I have time to get into, I can't do all of them, but you'll, you'll see that really that theory is the only thing that um, makes any sense. For example, the moon being hollow. Well, Amazing. 
Yeah, it just really, really makes you think about it and maybe gaze up at it every night if we're lucky enough to be able to get outside and, and see what it's doing. I mean, there's also a lot of talk about how it affects our hormones and our moods and and everything else. So there's a pretty right. profound relationship between us here on Earth and the moon. That's right. So, excuse me, the whole idea, you know, that uh, the moon could contain, you know, cities or structures inside or, you know, is, is a pretty reasonable assertion, I think. Um, but um, it's, it's believed that if this story were true, and I, I'm not saying it is, remember, these are all mysteries, but if this story is true, then uh, one of the reasons for it being brought into Earth's orbit was perhaps to, to help the Earth uh, to be more uh, productive. Uh, to produce more life, to become steady, um, and to help uh, the primitive people are here to thrive. Um, along with that, that is a there is a story, interestingly enough, from uh, the Zulu people of Africa, and you know, way back when in, in time, there are tales of. Uh, primitive people being approached by, and I don't, the Zulu weren't primitive, they were, well, they were, but they don't go all the way back to the beginning. But um, there are stories of, of extraterrestrials or events being uh, visiting tribes and giving them information. And the Zulu, perhaps, were one of those. Uh, they have a legend um, that states that the moon is hollow, and that the home race of beings, uh, there was a home race of beings called the Hitari that uh, created the moon and that uh, they sent it into our solar system ages ago. Um, and it was sent here by two brothers who, caught, who took the moon and they took out the yolk of this moon to make it hollow and then they proceeded, they called it an egg, and they proceeded to move the moon across the heavens near to the earth, which caused, of course, chaos throughout the planet, which, of course, could have been the Great Flood. Um, so that account is very similar to the modern-day theory of these two Russian scientists that believe that the moon was hollow out. Here you have an ancient tale that says that the moon is hollowed out and was sent across the universe. Um, it is thought that maybe ETs visited them, you know, because they do, they've handed this story uh, down for centuries. Yes. I mean, indigenous people and their word of mouth uh, in terms of passing on knowledge, it makes sense to me. And here you were able to link it even with scientists who feel the same way. I mean, it's, it's just a very interesting topic, and I'm amazed at how much information there is about it. Now, let me ask you, because let me get to your book here, because I marked off a couple things that and I, I had have, questions about. I, I have a couple of quotes that I want to share with you, too, that are my, like my favorite quotes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Absolutely. Did you, did you want to do that now, or did you want me to go ahead with yeah. my next question? So it, it, it's, you know, it's along the lines of the origin of the moon, and um, even though we've sent astronauts to the moon, that you know we don't have... Uh, any idea really of where it came from and what it is. So um, Isaac Asimov, you know, the American science writer, um, he was also a biochemist, uh, he once stated, what 
in blazes is our moon doing way out there. It's too far out to be a true satellite of Earth. It's too big to have been captured by the Earth. The chances of such a capture having been effected and the moon then having taken up a nearly circular orbit about the Earth are too small to make such an eventuality credible. Mm. But then, if the moon is neither a true satellite of the Earth nor a captured one, what is it? And um, then there was a second one by planetary scientist William Hartman, who uh, states in his book, uh, Origin of the Moon, he said, neither the Apollo astronauts, the lunar vehicles, nor all the king's horses and all the king's men could assemble enough data to explain the circumstances of the moon's birth. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, very telling. Well, another mystery that we have to ponder because that's, you know, it's, there's so many things that add up when you think about it that way as a hollowed-out spaceship. Mm-hmm. A hollowed-out spaceship or, you know, also a planetoid, a planetoid that uh, they turned into a, a, a spaceship. Yeah. That's, that's, been one, um, that's been one train of thought, too. So um, hmm. <laughs> I know well, you have a question, but... Um, I I wanted to just um, also say along the origin of the moon that uh, there is said that there was a time that there was no moon in the sky I don't know if you've ever heard it I was shocked to hear this there are some great um, men of old renowned Greek philosophers uh, who wrote in ancient texts about there being a time when there was no moon you know, we were always taught that we had to have a moon to exist, of course, on Earth. It couldn't have any life. Um, but still, these tales prevail. They're out there. And um, it's, it's, it's just very interesting that uh, that's a kind of uh, a thought that people have, that there was a time when there was no moon. They even have uh, uh, people who lived during this time uh, in Greece, they were called the Akkadians. They were a race that lived in ancient Greece. Um, and their civilization is believed to have been older than the moon. So uh, that's interesting when you think about the spaceship moon theory moving in, you know, the moon, and the moon and now, moving are there, in. So. Are there any stories of old about the time that the moon arrived? Yes. Um, so there is a story uh, that um, the the text say that the moon came in about twelve thousand years ago, and some say that that's about the the time of of the great flood. Um, now this um, this story comes from uh, Bolivia, and it, there is an ancient uh, sun gate uh, there, an ancient uh, Kind of an, a part of an ancient city, and it has inscriptions written on this on this wall on this gate, and it talks about the moon and it talks about it coming in. And I talk about that in my book, by the by the way. So people must um, have really been the, shocked when they saw this thing in the sky that was never there before. Well, shocked, and also there was chaos. 
you know, there had to be chaos uh, on the, on the earth with something, you know, moving in and moving that close. And we don't know. I mean, it, let's just say for argument's sake that the story's true. We don't know how many people existed that at that time. We don't know the state of the people. I mean, you know, there's there are so many stories out there about uh, you know humans being tampered, their DNA being tampered with. We don't know who the Arcadians were, what they looked like, how primitive they were. But yeah, they would have been shocked. Um, According to the symbols of the sun gate, the moon arrived in our solar system around 12,000 years ago and in the process caused chaos on Earth. Uh, this conclusion was reached in 1956 by a researcher and author named Hans Schindler Bellamy. Um, and I, I go into more details uh, in my book about him and that sun gate, but yeah. Mm. Another time in our history but a very strange time wow mm-hmm. so okay so can i ask my question now yeah <laughs> go for it there you I, I just this is the, i gotta tell you i'm so excited to ask this question because i've never heard of this before and i'm going to pr- probably mispronounce the name but is it alahe of the pleiades is that how you say it oh my gosh Yes. I well I'm I'm guessing no one's ever pronounced it <laughs> to me either. <laughs> well, yeah, here's the thing. I have never heard of this. Now, PK and I have heard of just about everything. We've been doing the show for so many years and we've had the most wonderful guests like you on that have really educated us and our audience about a lot of things. But tell us about this this whatever it is, Alahe of the Pleiades. What is this? So yeah, so I I couldn't find tons on him. I did I did locate him. Um, he does have some writings out there, but apparently, oh wow, this gets really deep. Apparently, he is an extraterrestrial from the Pleiades. Now you know, um, I don't know if you're aware, but the Pleiadians have a lot of channel, a number of channel information here on Earth. If you if indeed you believe in extraterrestrials. And that are out there that are trying to communicate with us. Um, many feel that there are. They have channeled information here. So the fact that someone either believes that they are Pleiadian or are from the Pleiades and came in is very, very interesting. And, um, uh, you know, according to the source, he, uh, people believe him. He comes across as a legitimate extraterrestrial person. And, you know, I am here to tell you, ladies, that um, there are a number of theories that, you know, we have ETs, you know, walking around among us anyway. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's another, sh- that's another show. Mm-hmm. But, um, so anyway, he, he said that there are uh, cities on, located on both the interior and exterior of the moon and on the far side. And he said, what was interesting is he said that people – have been living there since the 1940s. And there is another tale that uh, says that um, there are secret government bases that have been up there since the 1940s um, that are in no relation to him. So I made that connection. So, so he's talking about when he, but let me ask you, so that when he says there's people living on the moon, he's talking about people from here, right? He's talking about humans from I, Earth I, living I, on the moon. I assume that he met humans, yes. Yeah, that's, that's what it that's sounds my, like. My, my, that's, my, that's my assumption. <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah. but I have to tell you that I have also heard in my travels 
Uh, and like I said, these are all mysteries. <laughs> I don't really know. But I've heard these stories. I've heard that there are both um, ETs and, 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 and humans, you know, existing there. So, yeah, we've heard but, that too. And, yeah, and we've heard that from some pretty credible sources that we do believe. We think that, that there probably are. And there's there's just a lot. I mean, my goodness, there's a lot to all of this. But I just found it fascinating. So, of course, I'm getting texts saying, okay, where is this Alahe? And you're saying he has writings available on the Internet so people could look I, it up. So. I, you know, yeah, just look look up Alahe from the Pagidis. Um And he also uh, said that the moon is artificial. And um, that's the reason that we only see the near side, and it's designed with the technology that prevents it from turning so that the structures and spacecraft remain hidden from the people of Earth. Right. Yes. So that's people want to know how to spell his name, so I'm just going to spell it. It is spelled mm-hmm. A-L-A-J-E of the Pleiades. So that's how it's spelled. You can look it up, see if you can... Do some sleuthing and find some of this uh, this Pleiadian's writings. Fascinating! Wow. <laughs> yeah, but you know the the stuff that he he said uh, coincides with you know other tales you know that I've I've come across. Um, you know there being you know, air spacecraft hidden from view and structures hidden from view. I mean, yes, we went up to the moon, but it is huge. You know, we didn't travel all throughout it, so anything could be there that you know that we didn't see. Well, plus there's a lot of stories from our own astronauts that have come out and said they saw UFOs while they were on the moon, mm-hmm. and they were told not to talk mm-hmm. about them. And yes, tell us more about yes. that. Well, um, so every every mission that went up. Um, from uh, Apollo 8 to Apollo 17 had stories. They had stories to tell. Either they saw something or uh, either they saw a UFO following them or they saw lights, weird lights going on. And, um, you know, I I actually have a list here that I I would love to run through for you and just tell you what everyone experienced. Yes, please. So Apollo... Apollo 8, on their way to the moon, the astronauts were astonished to witness a fast-moving, circular-shaped UFO that emanated a light that was so bright and powerful they could barely see within the craft. As the UFO passed, their capsule pitched and yawed, causing the astronauts to nearly lose control of the vehicle. Yes. Mm. Apollo 9, the crew had an unusual sighting. There were large, mysterious uh, oval-shaped objects crossing the moon. The astronauts photographed them. To date, there has been no explanation as to what those objects were. Apollo 10. Uh, oh, that's, that's a, you know, that's a big story, Apollo 10. Um, they, they, the lunar module became stuck in space. Um, I don't want to have to go into the details, but, you know, they had this problem. They needed it to to work. They didn't want the astronauts stuck there. Apollo 10 was the uh, forerunner for Apollo 11. Anyway, uh, an object passed outside of the lunar module's uh, window, and then everything worked again, and they were fine. And the theory is that these were ETs, that as they moved past, they were able to help them in some way. Um, 
and to get their craft back online. And then the object uh, quickly vanished. Amazing. Um, I know. Apollo 11, that is the... Uh, that's the big one, you know, where you've heard, we've heard that the astronauts landed on the moon and uh, they saw a spacecraft lined up on a crater on the moon. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is rumored to have seen, actually seen an extraterrestrial in ethereal form. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a big one. Whether or not that story is true, of course, it's another mystery, but there have been people who came forward uh, who talked about uh, the Apollo moon landing, and they said um, they they said that the astronauts had a private line, they had a medical channel uh, that they could call uh, ground control and talk to them. That the audience back home who are watching the, the first moon landing uh, wouldn't be able to hear them. And uh, the story is that they were saying, you know, there are a craft here, spacecraft here, and they're lined up on the side, on the crater of the moon, and they're watching us. So wow. that's, um, I mean, there's, it's more complicated than that. I do write about it in the book, but yeah. um, basically, that is the, that is the, the, that's huge. If there's, you know, if it's true, it's it's just. Well, astounding. let me ask you because one of the rumors we've heard is that at one point the astronauts were told not to come back to the moon. Is that true? I mean, have you heard it? I've heard it. I don't know, you know, I don't know where that originated, um, but I've I've heard it over and over again. You have, Uh, yeah. That they were warned off the moon, and, yeah, like you, I've heard it, but I don't have uh, any details any more than uh, when that occurred because, you know, they did go back after Apollo 11. They they did go back. Uh, There is one story that said that Neil Armstrong told a professor or someone at a party that, um, you know, they were told not to come back and, and the professor, you know, had, had comment about it. And, and Neil said, you know, we did go back and we did quick scoops, but, you know, and then, uh, you know, we were off. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you want me to run through all of these or not. Um, well, leave some for people follow- to read in your mm-hmm. great book, but... That I definitely wanted to, to touch on that because, again, these, these things have come up in our shows throughout um, the years. But let's do this. Let's take a short commercial break and come back. And there's so many more mysteries to talk about. This is great. Mm-hmm. So, everybody, <laughs> we'll take a short break. We'll come back, and we will resume this fascinating conversation with our guest tonight, Constance Victoria Briggs. She is the author of a new book. And it is called Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Pure essential oil, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. 
Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleid, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, together we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlond, the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at CorbyMitlond.com. That's CorbyMitlond.com. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, People have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles library of consciousness alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com.
Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with my co-host, PK, and our tremendous guest tonight. We're having so much fun hearing about the moon and all of its mysteries with Constance Victoria Briggs. Now, before we go back to our conversation, PK, you sent me something fascinating during the break. My mm-hmm. God, what's going on? I saw that, and went, oh, my God, I don't believe it. There's a third one. A third monolith has appeared in California, and it looks exactly the same as the other ones. Right. Isn't that incredible? My goodness, yes. They either have an assembly line going or (laughs) they're trying to let us know something. I know. I mean, well, again, we're back to the theme tonight. Is it what it appears to be? Nobody really knows what this thing is. It's like an obelisk type of thing. It's kind of shiny. It looks kind of shiny, anyways. They all look identical, too. Have you noticed that? They are identical. Yes, they do look that way. I mean, I couldn't get a piece of metal if my life depended on it, let alone (laughs) something like that up and putting it out. I'm just looking at what you sent over. It's a great find that you did. And even the people on Reddit who tend to be really good detectives, they are having a difficult time trying to make headway into tracing uh-huh. the structure's origins. But now we've had one in Utah, one in Romania, and now one in California. So, I wonder what they're trying to tell us. Maybe they're finally going to come. Let well, wouldn't know that be a little nice? bit more about what's going on in outer space. Yeah, well, Captain Randy, as we all remember, <laughs> he did say something about an invasion. I don't know. We, he's going to be back in a few weeks, so we'll be asking him about this and the monoliths. So great find, PK. Thank you. Welcome, dear. So we are back to mysteries of the moon now. Let's see. I had another question. It's about angels of the moon. Can we go there? And also, there were angels in space that the Russians saw. Let's talk about those things. <laughs> so, um, I yeah, I. I I kind of sneaked that story of angels into this book, even though they're, um, well, the one with the Russians. I mean, you know, there are angels um, for, I feel like, for everything. I mean, that's a whole other show, too, spiritual beings, ethereal beings um, that may uh, exist uh, near planets and, uh, you know, planetary objects, but so we do have uh, custodians and, and angels of the moon from legendary tales. But um, my moon story, the most fascinating one, uh, comes from the cosmonauts who, um, you know, they've been uh, trying to, they have been trying to, to get to the moon for a long time. And so I kind of uh, snuck them into this book because it's such a fascinating story. There were six Russian uh cosmonauts that had um, gone up to a space space station. Now, when I say six, I should say there were two sets that went up, uh, I believe it was two weeks apart. Um, And the first set uh, were working and there was, they noticed a bright orange light outside of the ship and it was, you know, so brilliant that it was, you know, coming into the ship. So they went over to see what in the world that was, and they saw three, what looked like um, 
three angels, and they said uh, these angels were the size of jetliners, and they were uh, they could see their faces, and they were all identical, and they were glowing, and they were they were smiling. Um, and then there are some quotes from you know from these cosmonauts. Uh, so. I would say that, you know, they have the name of the cosmonauts. They have the cosmonauts talking about the episode. So, I, you know, that there's credence, I think, you know, to, to back up their tale. Um, and then so uh, two weeks, I think it was two weeks later, uh, three more uh, astronauts went up to, uh, to this space station uh, to replace them. Uh, the, these three give them a break. And then they saw the same thing. So, um, you know, I wrote a book on angels, and uh, I have my theories, um, too. I also believe, I believe that we have, like I said, all sorts of um, spiritual beings around us, and then we also have uh, advanced beings, and we have extraterrestrials out there. So who knows, you know, who and what they were, uh, if they were angels or they, if they were extraterrestrials, which, you know, angels are extraterrestrials too because they don't, anything that doesn't originate here, right? right? So, yeah, they saw this. They saw this, and it's become a pretty popular story, and I just really like it so much. <laughs> I do too, and also how likely is it that cosmonauts in their own paradigms would identify these things as angels? I mean, it's yeah, kind yeah, of likely. Yeah, well, you know, I have a theory that when um, advanced beings want to uh, make themselves known in angels, they can take on the form uh, that people, you know, identify with. I mean, you can have, I know you don't want to get into angels, but, you know, you can have uh, someone, uh, Wiccan, for example. You can have a Wiccan, and uh, maybe, you know, they they see, um, I don't know, a a cat, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, that came to, as like a guardian to help them. I've heard a story like that, that somehow this uh, cat uh, warned them, and it wasn't an angel with wings, it was a cat. So I think that these beings can take on many different shapes and forms. What they were trying to tell the cosmonauts, who knows? Right. Right. Well, what a powerful experience to see something that large floating around outside your spaceship. I mean, it it really must have transformed them because they weren't expecting it for sure. And I do believe that this did happen. And like you said, there were uh, other cosmonauts that replaced them, and then they saw the same exact thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That seems so, so incredible. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just, yeah, just amazing. Yeah, <laughs> It's just too much to prove otherwise. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. So. <laughs> um, I had some more thoughts um, where we ended on uh, the uh, ast- the astronaut saying that they were warned away. Yeah, um, tell so us just, about that. Uh, yeah, I know, I know you have some questions, so I'll just say it really quick. No, um, I'm, I'm, I'm done so, pestering you with questions. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, so... That's okay. So along the lines, interesting enough, we don't, like I said, we don't know, we don't know if that was, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit there, Patricia, sorry. No, that's okay. Are you there? Okay. So anyway, my question is, is, is that I'd like to pose is, could the moon possibly be a foreign country? 
Meaning, if the astronaut saw uh, ETs on the moon, could uh, the, the moon belong to someone else? Maybe the moon is not Earth's moon. It's their moon. Perhaps it really is a, planet, a planetoid. Uh, there have been astronomers since the uh, telescope was invented that have been seeing movement up there, lights up there. Some swore that they saw, uh, you know, beings up there. There have been contactees, um, if you believe what the contactees say, uh, people who have had some uh, conversations with extraterrestrials that approached them, said that they saw uh, beings on the moon. Could the moon actually belong to someone else? I find an interesting question. That's a great question. Could it be someone else's property, someone else's, you know, and the the moon's government doesn't want us perhaps coming up there, (laughs) you know. Yeah, snooping around. Well, now aren't other, there's uh, some other countries that are planning some little trips up there, right? Right, right, right. Um, So there's, there's, uh, before I get to that, there Steve Omar uh, uh, wrote a, a book, and I forget Steve's um, his profession, but he, he says in his book, Moon and Mars, the Moon is a Foreign Nation, he says, could it be that the moon is a foreign country and someone else's property and the moon's government does not want us coming up and invading their territory with our nuclear weapons, pollution, unwelcome military facilities, diseases, litter, mining exploitation, and historically proven record of foreign imperialism. Me, me, they don't want us there if they're there. Um, yeah, Makes sense so. to me. <laughs> Why would they want us here? That doesn't, oh, Kevin, we don't, no. Yeah, we, we don't, don't even want us some places. <laughs> right, 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 right. And um, we are planning to go, the U.S. is planning to return to the moon in 2024. Right, right, and uh, okay. that's interesting. You know, I, you know, interesting in, in, on on a couple of accounts for me. I would like them to go up and really move around and see what is going on up there. And I would like personally some explanation as to you know what all those lights are. I mean, we can get into the lights. Um, yes. You know uh, what's going on up there, and I think it's something we should know. But also. If the story is that we were war- warned away, you know, is it safe? Is it a good idea? Why do we think we own the moon? Yes, think exactly. We Why do we feel we own, don't we? Yeah, right. We think we own everything. Uh, yes. I mean, that's, these are all good questions. And, you know, I'm mm-hmm. tying things back, what we're talking about tonight, with what's going on in the world today and how all of this, Corruption is coming to the surface. All of this, um, all of this interesting, interesting view of things that have been hidden for so long, and now they're all coming out to the surface. Whether you want to see them or not, they're coming out. And what's interesting to me is if we are truly going to become part of a galactic community, then I'm sure they don't want us out in their community with that type of corruption with that type of underhandedness and 
and secrecy and things going on behind all of our backs. We think we have one kind of government, we have another. It's, I mean, it has nothing to do with parties, nothing to do with politics. I'm talking about something a much deeper, um, deeper crack within our own, uh, within our own world. So yeah, why would they want us on the moon? Given that, so maybe part of what we're going through is a, is our own cleansing so that we can eventually get ready to be part of an intergalactic community, that they don't have to be, uh, they don't have to contain us because we're too dangerous and we're too duplicitous. So perhaps that's all part of the plan. I don't know. But you're bringing up some Maybe. interesting questions here, Constance, tonight. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Def- yeah, you know, on, uh, I was on Facebook the other day and I saw the funniest little uh, uh, cartoon um, Two uh, aliens together talking, and one of the aliens says, "Oh, so you know, mankind is uh, creating uh, nuclear weapons." And the other one says, "Really? Any sign of intelligence?" And, and the <laughs> other, and the guy says, uh, "He says not really. They're pointing them at each other." Right. <laughs> oh God, isn't that the truth? It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So maybe our, the invitation is waiting, and we have to catch up to it. Well, I think we have a long way to go. We have to get to the point where people even recognize the fact that there may be extraterrestrials. People don't believe it, you know, and um, they, with everything going on, look at the crop circles. Where are those coming from? Do you know right. how many people believe that those are a hoax, these things, these gigantic pictures that show up overnight in all shapes and forms now. They're not circle, just circular anymore. Uh, we can, they, sh- they should be having town hall meetings about those. But anyway, we can't even yeah, believe they should. that. No, you're so. right. And, and I think, <laughs> you know, we've, we've, that's why we do this show, basically, because our tagline is where paranormal is normal. And all of these things need to be brought to light, discussed reasonably and rationally and not excluded as if they're crazy. However, we have watched a great change in consciousness regarding UFOs and the government doing a big PR campaign to rebrand UFOs to UAPs and, and make it something right. more acceptable. That's going on right now. It has been for years. Yeah, I don't know if they have any choice considering how many people are reporting seeing UFOs or UAPs around the world. Well, they don't have a lot of choice anymore because everybody has a cell phone, a camera in the cell phone, and everybody's on the Internet communicating about it. So they can't squash it like they were able to in the past. But they Mm -hmm. still want to own it. So that's, I think, why they're doing what they're doing. But, you know, there there is so much to our relationship to the moon. And it's Again, it's it's something that I'm so glad you're on the show tonight. I know PK and I were excited to have you here to talk about Thank all you. of this stuff. So where do you want to go next with this, Constance? You have so much information in the book. And, again, the <laughs> name of the book, everybody, Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries. Highly recommend it. So just take us on a tour. What's next? <laughs> um, I do want to – I think we'll talk about um, – Gosh, let's talk about the uh, structures a little bit and also the uh, lights that are up there. Yes, but I, I, yes. I just want to say really quick, really quickly, um, for 
people who don't believe that maybe anything's going on or maybe there is no extraterrestrials, um, this, you know, we are, I believe, getting a, a slow education about, you know, finding our way um, to the cosmos. And it started with the moon. And if any of the stories in my book are true, and I believe some of them are, but if, if just one is true, that means we're not alone. So that's something. And we didn't get any further than the moon before we bumped into someone, I think. Right. But um, that's anyway. That's a good point. Yes. So, so there are uh, respected astronomers and, and astronauts and researchers, you know, who, that have reported seeing um, alleged artificial structures on the moon for centuries. Um, people have been seeing things through their telescopes. Um, uh, one of my favorite stories is that of uh, of a bridge that appeared. Um, this bridge, uh, this area of the moon was being studied by an astronomer named John O'Neill, and um, he looked at, he looked up there one day, and he he's you know done this many times, and suddenly this structure had appeared out of nowhere. Um, it, it was a bridge-like structure. Um, it stretched 12 miles long, and it connected two mountain peaks. And <clears throat> excuse me, when he reported it, uh, they didn't believe him. They saw another professional astronomer, Hugh uh, Percy Wilkins, who was very well known, came in, and he says, "Well, you know, what is that? It appeared out of nowhere, and it was there for a long time. A, a few after a few years, it, it disappeared." Um, some believe that it was dismantled um, by ETs um, and possibly be, to keep the existence, uh, you know, a secret from humans, but by then it, it was too late. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of my favorite stories regarding structures on the moon, and let me just tell you, um, the structures on the moon uh, it consist of uh, huh, geometric-shaped buildings, crystal, crystal structures, platforms, domes, pyramids, large spires, towers, and, and other things. So um, they have these pictures of these, uh, of these uh, constructions in old NASA photographs. And, um, you know, people say, oh, you know, they look pretty grainy. You can't see it. It's not true. But actually you can. You can see them. And books have been published with them. Yeah, they're not clear, but they're clear enough to yeah. see, uh, you know, seven monuments pieced, you know, together. You know, you know that that's not a, a, a rock, you know. So, right. I mean, they're there. And for people interested, I suggest Googling structures on the moon, and you will get a whole eyeful of information. And, of course, there's my book. But, you know, it's, these are not secrets. It's out there. And they're also on NASA's website, um, the pictures. And in my book, I do list, you know, I do give, if I talk about uh, something, I, I, I try to give the number to the NASA picture to look it up. Um, but anyway, so I have a, a, a favorite uh, structure story. Um, this was uh, found, this structure was seen, the story is seen by the Apollo 17 astronauts. The Apollo 17 mission was the last mission to the moon, the last mission, you know, where men walked on the moon. 
And by this time, they had a little buggy to to kind of you know move around to move around the moon. And so um, as they were in their travel in the lunar rover, uh, uh, with the lunar rover, they saw a uh, massive, mysterious, rectangular shaped structure that was not only seen by the astronauts, but it was seen by the audience on Earth because there was a live feed. Oh, my and, goodness. Um, right. So uh, as the story goes, millions of people saw the structure at the time, and CBS News broadcaster Walter Conkright said live on air that what appeared in the live stream looked like a man-made object. He said, that looks like a man-made object. This is the story. Um, and the structure, uh, so then they, they, they uh went off air for 20 minutes, and then when they came back on, the story was that um, the lunar rover had um, inadvertently taken a picture of itself, and (laughs) that's what, I swear. That was was very talented. Yeah, it's a quick quick jump back Um, on their feet kind of thing. Wow. Okay. Right. Now, some people dispute that story, and they say Concrete was never... On there, um, but I gave a uh, website to a very interesting uh, video that's out there about this. And so, like I said, they're all mysteries. They're all, all they are all tales, but it's certainly worth looking at and forming your own opinion. Very interesting stuff. That is so um, so fascinating. Goodness me. I had no idea that it happened live on the air with Cronkite. I mean, he was the king of news. Everything That's he said, sure. people believed. Yeah. Yeah. So before the story it was corporate owned, it was a whole different thing. <laughs> the story is that he kind of, you know, chuckled and, um, you know, said, "Oh, you know," and, and just kind of shrugged it off. Um, but and and the, the structure is said to have uh, been huge, and it resembled the moon itself, like almost like they were trying to hide it, that it was like kind of the same color. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, it's interesting to me, too, that you're talking about, Constance, all these anomalies on the moon. We hear often hear about the ones on Mars, and those are very striking, faces and mm-hmm. beings and all kinds of things. We don't hear, we haven't heard a lot about the ones on the moon, but clearly you're telling me there's quite a few. Actually, you know, this this whole subject matter, um, for people who follow this, uh, some of this is is not necessarily new news for some people, uh, for the diehards who really, you know, who have looked into it. Um, But, yeah, there have been uh, years where these were very, very popular uh, tales that were told. Um, Some books have come out um, with uh, pictures taken from NASA where people have sort of, you know, uh, pointed to these to these structures. Um, I bring them up because I think it points to a connection, our connection with the moon and perhaps ancient aliens, um, us having an ancient connection to uh, the cosmos in general, not just the moon but also Mars, um, that there may have been, uh, you know, I, that mankind himself, there, there's a theory that we have started over, that during uh, a destruction, you know, of, of our race, of the human race, we kind of 
you know, everyone didn't perish and we kind of started, had to start over. And did we have, you know, beings from uh, above that came and helped us? Or was it us that actually were able to already go to the moon and go to Mars? Because they have found structures that look like, you know, maybe they are they're ruins or maybe there was a war. And I don't know how they're going to explain, you know, Mars. They can say, oh, the pictures from NASA look a little grainy. Oh, it's hard to see them. But you make your own decisions. Go in there and look yourself. But Mars, some of the stuff that's coming off of there, it's so much more clear. I'm very interested to know how they're going to explain some of the, the, the pictures, you know. Really? I was joking with my husband about that this morning. You know, I was saying, uh, I said, go watch my husband's name. I said, um. So there was a, a Lucy, the Lucy show years ago with Ricky. He used to say, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Yeah. And I said to him, NASA's going to say. I remember it well. We're going to say, NASA, you got some explaining to do. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly, they do. Well, you know, years ago I met somebody who did work for NASA. She had an enormously high IQ. It was mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And she told me how they would just erase, you know, they would take the photographs and they would blur out the UFOs. Or uh, just erase them, you know, in the photographs before they would, you know, allow anybody to see anything. And that was oh, something they routinely, oh. routinely did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, in fact, um, there is a story uh, in my book where there was um, a NASA employee who uh, uh, went into a room once, and the guy uh, working uh, in the photo the photo lab was a little freaked out and he wasn't supposed to talk to anybody about what he saw. But um, this, this employee went in and he said, you know, Hey, you know, I want to tell you, you know, they found, I think it was cities. They found cities on the moon or buildings on the moon. And, and the guy uh, was saying, Oh, you know, I didn't think he should hear that. He didn't think he should know that. And, um, and then he witnessed them being crossed out. So it's interesting that, you know, your friend had told you that um, because that is a, that's something that's been going around that, uh, you know, for years that NASA had covered some of this stuff up. Because, you know, let's just face it, we're, it's not that, in my opinion, my humble opinion, that they were trying to uh, be manipulative with the public. But I can imagine back then when the astronauts were going up, you know, if, they, if people found out then that there was something else going on, there just may have been, you know, a, a nation of a, a, upset. You know, they weren't ready to, to hear it. Now I think they are ready to hear it. I think that we're more conditioned to know that maybe there is more going on the, on the moon that we were told. But back then... I, I just don't think they were they were ready, you know. Um, well, it's funny you bring so, that yeah. up, Constance, because last week we had Paul Blake Smith on the show who just wrote a book called President Eisenhower's Close Encounters, where he makes a very compelling case that President Eisenhower did meet with extraterrestrials, and then he instituted this secrecy program that we still have today. So, and that that was the whole excuse or reason, whatever you want to call it, that the public mm-hmm. couldn't handle it. And we'd all run screaming into the night. So I think that right. may or may not have been true. I don't know. But what I, I do know is you're right about today. Today is a very different consciousness. 
We've all seen something in the sky that we couldn't identify, and we've heard from people who are credible who've seen things, whether they be pilots, police officers, astronomers, and also people that have had experiences face-to-face with these ETs who are also very credible people. So, you know, if you have a reasonable open mind, then you begin to accept this stuff, plus our own evolution doesn't make sense unless you factor in some type of genetic intervention which had to come from beyond this earth. So there's a a lot of people that now think that way, and I, I think that things could be revealed, but now we have a whole other layer of, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff going on behind our backs because everybody wants to own the technology. And yeah, that's where we're going to have a problem with disclosure. So, but look uh, how yeah, they're right. How many years that pilots kept saying they kept seeing things and everybody poo-pooed it and put it down. Now all of a sudden, that's commonplace. Yes, they are seeing things. It is perfectly permissible for them to speak of it now. For heaven's sakes, we've been under a bushel for a long time. It's time that they open the door and let us see what's really taken place. Right. And the Pentagon did promise to release a report about their uh, owning some ET technology. So, yeah, it's and you're right also, Constance, too, in this, that I think their hand is being forced a little bit from somewhere. And it could be from another superpower that says, we'll release it before you do, and then you're going to look like idiots that lied to your people. Or it could be yeah. the ETs themselves saying, you know, we're not going to stay hidden. Who knows? Because they don't tell us much. But we're figuring it out slowly, and with your help, we're beginning to understand a little more about the moon. My God, I had nobody, no idea there were this many mysteries. Did you, PK? No, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. When I started reading the book, I was going, my goodness, it's fabulous, Constance. My goodness. It oh, is, thank you. Thank you. You know, I try to make this easy. Uh, people can just go in and look up Apollo missions. And then, you know, it, there are highlighted past, you know, highlighted words to, you know, reference another passage to go to. Instead of having to sit down and, and read a tome of it all, you know, they can go in and look up contactees. Well, what's a contactee? Well, who are they? What did they see about the moon? Uh, what did the astronauts say about the moon? You know, oh, what structures are on the moon? What, what are the lights up there? What did, what did the old astronomers uh, of old see up there when they first got the, the telescope, you know? Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's full of, you know, surprises, I think. It, and it really I, tried, I just wanted, I wanted people who had never heard of the information to have something easy to, to you know, pick up and just go through. So and Tell us about the remote viewer. What did the remote viewer see? Yeah, so Ingo Swan was his name. Um, he was hired by a uh, secret agency, um, no idea, of course, you know, we never got, got <laughs> to find out, you know, who that was, but they took him to an underground um, uh, place where he uh, lived for, for a short period of time, a few weeks. And um, so he was hired to view the moon's far side by means of remote viewing. And Ingo Swan talks about this. He, he relays his experience in his book uh, titled Penetration, The Question of Extraterrestrial and Human Telepathy. So he wrote that um, what he saw up there, once he was able to get the right 
coordinates <laughs> for uh, where to go. Uh, however, I don't really know how re- remote viewing works that well. But um, anyway, he writes that he saw various structures on the dark side of the moon and witnessed human-like extraterrestrials there as well. He states that these beings had the ability to breathe on the moon. He witnessed them working on the moon and digging. Uh, he claimed, uh, Swan claimed to have seen not only moon dwellers, but buildings, structures, factories, and roads. He mentioned seeing workers that appeared to be robotic, putting together what appeared to be a laser mechanism. What's really uh, even, and that's, that's amazing, I think, but um, what's really was interesting for me was this, this next um, experience up there. While he was there during his remote viewing session, the extraterrestrials became aware of his presence and went after him. Mm. Startled, he stopped the session and theoretically left the moon. Some of the beings followed him back to Earth, frightening Swan, who stayed hidden for weeks after. Um, and also, some believe that what Swan witnessed during his remote viewing is directly connected to the reasons that the U.S. stopped going to the moon. So basically, the, the, the story behind this, to further this along a little, is that Ingo Swan was known during that period as being the world's, you know, most, the best remote viewer, and that the government, um, the U.S. government, had some idea that there were, were uh, beings or something going on with the moon, um, and, you know, they wanted to uh, find out, so they, they hired um, Ingo to, to do this remote viewing. But when, of course, it okay, was secret because... We, we know who you're talking about because he had mm-hmm. Lynn Buchanan on the show, and he talked about his mm-hmm. mentor, Ingo Swan, and so we, mm-hmm. we're familiar with who he is, and if our audience heard that show there, too. But <clears throat> here's my question. You say that they followed him back from the moon mm-hmm. physically or did they haunt him in a etheric way what i mean what do you mean by that that they followed him back that's what that's what that's what swan said he he felt that they followed him back i'm i don't know much about remote viewing but um for however he sent they sensed him there now i don't know how he knew they were there um and i don't remember I'm not able to answer that question because I can't remember exactly what that part of the book of penetration said um, about how he he knew it, but he was scared and he hid. Yes, he did. He hid. So, however, they um, followed him back. It it was uh, in real enough to make him mm-hmm. very frightened. Very so, frightened, and you know, I mean, you know, I, I believe in 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 you know ESP. You know, I believe that. You know, people can uh, pick pick up, you know, sense things, sense other people, that kind of thing. Who know? Maybe that was what was going on with Swan. He was, you know, obviously uh, unique and were able to do, you know, work with uh, things like that, so parapsychology, and he was a psychic researcher and parapsychologist and all that. So I don't know um, how he knew, but he hid. Um, and I also, mm. for people who say, oh, you know, remote viewing, there's, you know, that's not real or whatever, um, it was Ingo Swan who first uh, saw the rings of, of Jupiter. He uh, remote viewed that and uh, long, long before he did uh, this for the moon. 
So the fact that he, he, before we knew Jupiter had, you know, the rings, Swan had already seen them and reported them. That's amazing. Well, he was the best of the best, and he he knew how to train other people effectively to do what he did. So that's that's an incredible story, though. I'll have to dig a little deeper myself to see what exactly he meant by that, because that, that one sentence really caught my attention that they followed him back. So I would imagine, knowing that they are pretty much uh, completely telepathic, that once they lock on to your frequency, it would be pretty formidable to try to get rid of them. So, yeah. Inter- yeah, interesting. That's another mystery to look yeah. into. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah Poor I Ingo. I, I, <laughs> I know. Oh, and Gee. he was sworn to secrecy for, I think it was, he had to, he signed a contract, and I think the contract was for 30 years, or, um, saying that, um, and, and there was a clause in it, wait, wait, I, I shouldn't say that. He, he, I don't know the name of the document, but he had to find something that said he was not allowed to talk about what he did for 30 years. Yes. And when it passed, the time was up. I think it was 30 years. When the time was up, he wrote a book. Mm. Incredible. So. Oh, my goodness. And, I, and here's a question for you, Constance. Has anybody ever talked about what kind of aliens are on the moon? We were aware that there are a number of different races i mean did they talk about any particular alien race or did they describe anything anybody that in the, in the stories yeah. that you heard yes so yeah interestingly enough i'm working on a on a book about the moon and 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 i there's a so far i have a section in there saying who could it be <laughs> and yeah. uh, so so the um there's the grave Great aliens, of course, who uh, drive me crazy. You see them everywhere and everything. You know, there are more ETs in the world and aliens, I mean, in the, in the universe than just those. But anyway, so they are, uh, the Zetas are, are, are thought to be there. Um, and one of the reasons they, they are thought to be seen here so often is because they're so close. Um, and they have a base on the moon, it, it's thought. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also a group, and uh, they're called the Reptoids, which... You know, that's another story. They're, they're thought to perhaps be on the moon. But I can't say for sure, and, you know, of course, you know, that there's anybody or anything or what they are. But I'll, I can tell you that the contactees never, I haven't found one that said they saw anything like a reptilian or a gray. They said they saw humanoids, mm, you know. Okay. They've, and uh, some, uh, there's a group out there called the Nordics. Um, yes. The George Adamski said he saw Nordics. You know, um, he was in contact with Nordics, and and so people speculate that maybe Nordics were on the moon because he said he, you know, he was in contact with them and he had seen the moon, uh, people on the moon. So those are the three that I've heard, but who really knows? Um, oh, there's one one theory that the moon is uh, like a, a, a way station uh, that you know the uh, a stopover point, I guess, for, uh, you know, spacecraft to come. Uh, one of the uh, contactees had seen a hangar inside the Earth where spacecraft came in and parked. Um, so, yeah, I, that's <laughs> only those three Gee. ones that I've heard. But I would so they probably have a shuttle that goes from here to the moon. How fun. <laughs> <laughs> why, why not? <laughs> Are you ready to go, PK? <laughs> Yep, <laughs> why not? 
Why not? It's we'll a lot take a ride. Staying down here these days, I'll tell you. <laughs> I know, it's getting rough. <laughs> sure. Oh my goodness! I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going if they don't have Starbucks. I'm. You know. They, they I know. Well, we have to have our standards. You know. <laughs> but they've got stars. <laughs> stars, maybe no Starbucks. Oh, we don't know. Maybe they're. They've been there since the '40s. They must have found some way to survive with some type of good coffee. Let's hope. So. Oh, wow. Well, this is just great. Now, again, I'm going to announce the name of the book because it's a great book, and it would be a great, I think, an excellent Christmas or Hanukkah present. Interesting Christmas gift. Aw, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Encyclopedia of Moon Mysteries is the name of it, and the author is Constance Victoria Briggs, and we have been having a wonderful evening with you, Constance. This is great. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, all this knowledge and, and this great information that we can now think about and incorporate with with our other guests who who bring similar stories. I mean, they're very similar. Yeah. So it's it's all terrific. So anyways. But, well, thank you for having me on. Well, well it's we our pleasure. And, yeah, we want to have you back. Keep us posted on your next book because we know that you're a great writer and you're going to keep doing that. So let us know so Thank we can you. book you again. And uh, next week, everybody, we will be back, as I mentioned, with William Stickevers. He is going to check in with everybody and give us the latest on our journey through the X event that we are passing through astrologically right now. And as he mentioned, the last time we had an X event, we had World War One. So let's keep our fingers crossed that we can settle all this energy down and do whatever we need to do to make a better life for everybody here on the planet. So until then, we will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. (laughs) Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.